7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Jim, along with the Buckeye Boy, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 101.1 FM here in the Valley. We're 1340 AM. 102.1 along Highway 50. And online all the time. Get the mobile app. Stream us from our website at theteam1340.com. We have a lot to get to in the program this morning. See you, voice Mark Johnson will join us. The Buffs go off against Oregon tonight. Colorado 1-2 and two right now in the Pac-12. They have the third best scoring offense in the conference right now, though, which is kind of strange. Be 1-2 right now in conference play, but an ugly loss to Cal last weekend. They get Oregon tonight. We'll talk with Mark about that. Also, have our Broncos report, our final uh, Broncos report of the season, at least in the morning. Of course, we'll have one today, 420, mm-hmm. uh, with Mike Rice. Brought to you by our good friends at ComWest and Jerry's Pass Control. But uh, we'll have Mike with us at 820 this morning as the Broncos get ready for the Chargers. And the Bills are they're back in the field as they get ready for their game coming up this weekend against the Patriots. DeMar Hamlin can, continues to improve. And so I wanted to give this a little time to breathe. Obviously, first and foremost, our thoughts, our prayers with DeMar Hamlin. Yes, absolutely. For a, for a complete recovery, whether he plays football ever again. Mm-hmm. Don't care about that. I hope for him if that's what he wants, that he's able to do that. And if he doesn't, that's perfectly fine. I just want him to be healthy. That's all I care about. That's all you care about, Buckeye. I think most of us, that's all we care about. But we've seen, like, number one, the concern that happened on Monday night was exactly the way it should have been. The way the two teams were, the, the fact they didn't play, all those things happened the way they should have. Correct. Now we sit back then we see what what the reaction is after. And the reaction from those outside the football world. Not that we tend to quote the view or talk about the view on this program a whole lot. Fine television program for those who enjoy it. God bless Barbara Walters, the creator of it who passed away a few days ago. True broadcasting pioneer. But Joy kind of would have been nice to have the view go with her. Joy Behar, comedian, who I've, I've never had a real... Is she, though? Yeah, is she that's really what, well, that's funny? What, well, that's what, that's what they say she is. She does stand up. She is the co-host of the show, of The View. She came out with this, with this take after the DeMar Hamlin situation on Monday night. Mm-hmm. This is her. Quote, 45% of Americans think to tackle football is appropriate. Heterosexual men voted the most support for kids doing football. Uh, let's see. My, my computer is trying to screw up on me. <laughs> for kids doing football and conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. She has a co-host, Sonny Hostin, whose son played youth football, suffered a hamstring injury while playing. And this is her quote. 
he realized at that point, uh, uh, I could, that could happen to my brain, and so he quit. Okay, so apparently he didn't make that decision to not play anymore. Mom made the decision because she said, I could, that could happen to me. I don't know how you go from hamstring injury to being concerned about brain trauma. Maybe the, the young man did think that, and that's fine. And he has every right to no longer play football. He doesn't have to play football. A lot of guys don't play football, and that's perfectly fine. The bigger point there is the with Joy Behar. That so, if you're a heterosexual man, or if you want your kid to play football, you're, you're a heterosexual man that forces your kid to play football, that every that everybody that's conservative wants their kid to play tackle football, that there's nobody on the other side of, of that spectrum that doesn't want their kids to play football. Right. I, I just, the, the sweeping generalities about some of this stuff, I don't want to get into all that. That's, that's her take. I, I think it's a terrible, it's her opinion. I don't agree with it. I think it makes a lot of generalizations about people. Yeah, but let's get to the get to the nuts and bolts of, for example, Deshaun Williams, the place of the Broncos. He doesn't want his son to ever play football. Okay, and that's fine. And and, and I have no problem. Once again, if he doesn't want his kid to play football, I am totally fine with that. I get that. I understand that. But all of a sudden now, because of what happened to Demar Hamlin. All of a sudden now there's this, oh, I don't know if I should ever, my kid should ever play football or, or people shouldn't be playing football. Well, where's the outrage about CTE, concussions, these kind of things over the years that we have seen are a problem in the National Football League or are part of playing football? Where, so where's all that outrage? DeMar Hamlin had something happen to him, which was, which was awful, nearly fatal, and a terrible thing, but not something that is football specific because let us not forget and i remember when my son nick was playing baseball mm-hmm. there were kids that died from taking a line drive to the chest yeah and there was a big push for heart guard the the thing you'd wear over your chest mm-hmm. kind of like a bulletproof vest to a degree but just a smaller just it just covered your heart it was called the heart guard to protect your chest from a line drive because kids had died from taking a line drive to the chest and that's what happened to DeMar Hamlin on Monday night. Awful, terrible, horrible thing that happened to him. And we pray for him and we hope that he has a complete recovery. But when, when this, this is something that has happened before in, in new sports. So I, I guess Joy Behar, she goes on to say that really kids should just play golf and tennis and shouldn't play anything else. The people would, would be better off just doing that. Well, what if I'm not good at golf? What if I'm not good at tennis? What if I like playing? Because so apparently, what soccer, if financially you can't play golf? Yeah. Okay. And so, so soccer's off the list now because those are the only two she mentioned. Can't play soccer. Apparently, can't play I soccer. Guess. I don't know. Can't play hockey. Can't play hockey anymore because it's it's potentially dangerous. The same thing happened to Chris Pronger back in the day. Yep. Stopped his heart. Nobody is out there with this, oh, we shouldn't play hockey anymore. It's too dangerous. 
comitocortis, and I, I think I'm probably screwing the, the name up totally, but that is the incident where your heart stops, where you have a sudden impact and it, it, it at the wrong moment and it can stop your heart. And and so we're, we're getting this stuff. We're getting that the, the vaccine caused the problem and just this, all, all of a sudden people just coming up with, with crazy stuff like what she's saying. I, I just, look, is it is it fine to evaluate at this point in time if you want your child to play football? Okay, sure. I think that's it's a fair thing. That's a fair thing to do. And if and if you think your kid shouldn't play football, if it's you know some age is too young, fine. But all of a sudden now, because of this, this is the this is the thing that makes people go, oh, we're not gonna not gonna play football anymore. Don't know if I can watch it anymore. Well then. Kids shouldn't play Little League Baseball then, right? Shouldn't play club baseball. They could take a line drive to the chest and they could die from that. Kids kids could die riding motorcycles. Kids can die skiing and snowboarding. Those are dangerous things. I I just, I don't know. I I just, I'm reading some of these reactions and I wanted just to take a few days before. Because I I, I had a feeling this is where it was going to go. Mm -hmm. This would be the thing. Oh, see, this is why. So why we shouldn't watch football and why why nobody should play football anymore. I get it why players are going through what they're going through right now. This is one of their football brothers who all, who died on the field essentially and they had to restart his heart. Yeah. And so I understand why they are shaken by this. I totally get it. But let's not take this as this is a football specific thing that's never happened to anybody else in any sport ever because that's not true and if you're going to get wound up about this then why aren't you wound up about about concussions and CTEs which by the way football is now safer than it's probably ever been in the history of the game with what we know about concussion CTE helmet technology Medical response to these things, protocols that, while are still not perfect, and Tua Tonga Viola is the, the, the classic example of we don't have it totally down right yet in terms of the NFL and concussions, that you're a whole lot safer, regardless what level of football you play, you're a whole lot safer now than you've ever been if you're going to play football. So it's actually safer now than it's been. So so now we're going to say that it's not safe enough to play it? That's the question I have. And I'm not and I'm not trying to criticize people that have doubts. I understand that. I have some personal experience in that about why you would have doubts. And I, I just think that what some of the stuff I don't know. You got some thoughts here. I'm I've gone on far too long here i'm sure you got some thoughts yeah i i don't know i i struggle with what really i want to say versus what i'm allowed to say first sure via the fcc sure well can you can you clean it up for us and yeah sure you could do that right yeah i and this kind of sounds a little counterintuitive because okay of what this show is about right sure not everything 
needs to have everybody's opinion all the time. Okay. You know, like, football's dangerous. I think we all know that. There's I don't a reason think... why you have to wear pads from shoulders to knees and then a helmet and then something to protect your face. Football's dangerous. Hockey's dangerous. Hockey's dangerous. A blow to the chest from anything moving fast enough could do this. And has. Or even if it's at the right spot. It doesn't have to be sports. Right? You're walking down the street. Some big-ass dump truck pops into a, you know, a pothole and a rock comes and clocks you in your chest. Lights out. Good night. I mean, are we now like, well, dump trucks can't be on city streets. We shouldn't use dump trucks. You should only be able to haul what you need to haul in a Toyota Tacoma. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's well, if I can inter- interject for just a moment, we talked about yesterday Alamosa's girls basketball coach and mm-hmm. athletic director, uh, Eric Melgoza, because we had um, Kyle Crowder on from Delta. Yep. Uh, because Eric Melgoza was was taken to to Denver, was uh, airlifted to Denver. Uh, did not know the specifics of of what happened to him, but uh, he he has sadly died. He he fell at his home, and and died from that a traumatic head injury on New Year's Day. He died just being in his home, and fell down, mm-hmm. and, and so that speaks to what you're talking about. Then. Yeah, it not it, it can we happen. Don't need in, Joy Behar's opinion on home accidents. Like, where are we not supposed to be at home now? Where are we supposed or- to go? What's the old joke? Like ten percent of all traffic accidents, or ninety percent, happen within five miles of home. Yeah, so you something should like move, that. Yeah. Right? Like, what, <laughs> so are you, should move, yeah. what are you doing here? I, I mean, do we need everybody's opinion on every single thing? Well, that, you know that's, what? And that, that's my thought about this too. It's yeah, exactly. Deshaun Williams. I have two different thoughts on that. It's like that's a guy who, whose opinion I will take with higher weight than Joy Behar's. Or Absolutely. Anybody else's because he plays the game at the same level DeMar Hamlin does. But also, not having kids, I can't judge his parenting, but do as I say, not as I do is not a great form of parenting from what I've heard from everybody. Yeah. If you're not going to let your son play it, then why are you? And then, then take your money that you've earned in this leg. And this is a guy in Deshaun Williams that got cut multiple times. Mm-hmm. Is the is the classic example of perseverance and wanting to be in this league. So not only is he telling his son he's never going to let him play football, there are multiple teams who won't let him play football because they don't deem him good enough to play. And the Broncos are four and eleven, so they're you know perfectly four and twelve. They're perfectly fine with him playing for them. I I just none of this really. None of the uh, Joy Behar. Oh, we. we Football's way too dangerous. That doesn't matter right at this second. This kid may still die. Yeah, he's he's doing better and 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 everything is encouraging. And we 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 pray their things don't take a turn for the worse, but mm-hmm. he does continue to improve in that but Cincinnati I, hospital. It's not the same, but it's very similar with my mom had heart surgery, came out of the surgery fine, had an issue had blood loss to the brain, oxygen, blood. Neither could get to the brain for a significant amount of time. And she never woke up after that. Yeah. This guy 
Damar Hamlin, 24 years old. Who knows how long his brain went without blood or oxygen. Yeah. CPR can help that. Sure. But it's not a apples-to-apples solution for the heart right. beating on its own. Yeah, we like to think so that he's probably... So he's in an induced coma, yeah. but... He'll be okay. We like to think we, that. We hope. We hope so. We're we don't hoping, know. We're praying. Positive thoughts. Good vibes. The whole thing. Sure, but, but we don't know. We don't know. And until we know the... Wow, football's really too dangerous for anybody. Or I'm never going to let... Because of heart... Like, come on. Well, then, then, then nobody should race at the Indianapolis 500. Nobody should do NASCAR. Nobody should do anything. Should hang glide. Should parachute. Should do anything. The rally driver guy that just died. Yeah. Hawkeye got run over by his own <laughs> snowplow. Jeremy and looks, Renner. And it looks like he's doing okay. He looks like he's doing okay, but who knows how his leg's going to operate, if at all, going like, forward. Exactly. And for a guy that's been an action guy, that's that now impacts his career and, and his overall quality, quality, of life. quality of life. I mean, those are those are things that are he huge. He was plowing a private street for him and his neighbors, and he got run over. What are we saying now? Don't help your neighbors. You'll get hurt. Yeah, I know people say, okay, well, it's an overgeneralization but, on, on some of these but things. This but this is where it goes with people. People, auto, they always go with the, well, you can't do this anymore. When somebody gets hurt with stuff, sometimes things happen. Bleep happens. And so what, what I guess the point of the part of the point I'm trying to make, too, is so this is the thing that's got you upset. But CT had no no bearing on whether you enjoyed mm-hmm. football or not. Maybe a mild, well, well, guys know what they're in for. They know what the studies say. Artificial what? turf has taken ACLs and muscles and ligaments yep. and all sorts of stuff. Just go out there and play, guys. Come on. It's part of the deal. You know it. Oh, now some guy gets his heart stopped because of a fluke hit. Oh, nope, nope. We can't play anymore. Everybody's got to yeah. pack it up. I understand. Be concerned. Th- those things are fine. And be worried about... DeMar, uh, DeMar Hamlin and his recovery, that's fine. And the way everybody reacted on Monday night was perfectly fine, acceptable, understandable, and the way it should have been. Mm-hmm. But now this, oh, football's just too dangerous. Well, it's always been a risky sport, a dangerous right. sport. It, th- this is nothing new. And this is, this. I just think over one thing that is a very uncommon thing to happen in football Mm-hmm. This is the thing that now people are you know that, that that want football to go away. Oh, this is the this is why you shouldn't play football anymore. And it'll be but the, something but, else next year. Yeah, I, I just I just find you know the people like Joy Behar in the world just just kill me. And I mean, and just people with, are never going to be happy. They they want football to go away. Football will go away. So they'll find something else, and then they'll try to take that away, and then they'll take something else, and then something else. And it's yeah. just like. Come on, what are this is your focus now? Yeah, yeah. I I, I read her comments. I didn't watch the show because I don't watch I the show. I haven't gotten to the DVR yet, <laughs> and it hasn't been programmed for it. I mean, it's fine. It's <laughs> not not my thing, but it's but that's but that she's also speaking to all the moms out there mm-hmm. about why, and they all are why why your your kid should never play football, and your. Your you know you know the dads are watching over over a you know overzealous husband wants your kid. You're gonna put your kid's life in jeopardy to have him play football. Those are conversations you need to have as a couple about your family. 
And if you decide that's not what you should do, let your kid play football, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. Nobody overgeneralizes with, you know, out of the 1,500 NFL players, there's 1,100 or so of them that play, retire, and don't have any real long-lasting issues. That are okay. No one overgeneralizes that. No. There are those who have gone through some horrible health things with CT, other other issues. And should that but, be a focus more than the guys that get out healthy? Sure. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with the focus on DeMar Hamlin and how did this happen? How can we prevent it? How can we make sure that he's the last one this happens right. to on a football field? I have no problem with that. But when it's, eh, shut down the game. And then you have guys with concussion upon concussion or, you know, Tua or Javante Williams with the ACL. It's like, damn, all this is football stuff. That guy's was a fluke. I'm sorry. Right. I hope he turns out to be okay. But you have all these guys that are injured with actual football things, things that could maybe be avoided with turf or helmets or whatever. Whatever the case may be. And they're sitting at home like, Damn, nobody's talking about yeah. me on the view. Yeah, no kidding. Those like, that that you know played in the seventies and eighties that dealt, you know, the, the Mike Webster's mm-hmm. that, that that died from from traumatic head injuries yeah. from CTE. Those guys get talked about, but but this this moment, this freak thing that happened, now this is the thing that people mm-hmm. are gonna lose their minds over. I, I just I I just it's, it's shocking. It's depressing to me. that this took the Man, these guys are actual humans. They're not just numbered robots out exactly. there playing football. Not, not my, on my fantasy team. It's like, why is that guy not yeah. playing? Because he's on my my fantasy team. And it even it it applies to me too because there are times where it's like, damn, that dude's got a concussion. All right, I'll come back to this game when it gets started. So I'm angry at myself a little bit too. These guys are dudes, and I don't. My brain doesn't have the capacity to think of fifteen hundred people individually all having the same complicated life that we all lead. Right. My brain just can't think that big picture. But it probably should. Maybe should the, probably may, try more. Maybe the good thing that comes out of this is a greater appreciation for guys that play the game. Yeah. That they're not robots. They're not the the, the robot on, on Fox NFL Sunday. That they're living breathing people that they get injured, have bills, have have, have family drama, have family this that, and that it's not as simple as well. They're they're highly paid. Yeah, they also put themselves at a lot of risk too, and and, and I don't get into the whole thing of yes, people in the military should be mm-hmm. paid more, and I don't and firefighters and police officers. I don't want to get into all that stuff because they put their lives in the line every single day, right? And there's spe- there's a special group of people. Well, let's let's not get off in a rabbit hole about because that oh and we have these conversations about NFL players, mm-hmm. it's what they get paid, but they also put themselves at risk, and you want to see them do what they do, and you're willing to buy the tickets, right? Buy Red Zone, listen to the games on the radio, for them to do what they do, and so they're going to get compensated for that. All right, we'll have what's happening coming up. We'll have to put it off a little bit because we have Mark Johnson coming up next week. Got a little bit of a uh, lengthy discussion. If you got some thoughts on that today, text or call us Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. It's time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team.
And with us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Voice of the Buffalo's Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. Hope you had a wonderful New Year's weekend. Well, it was very nice. And, uh, you know, when New Year's passes, we get uh, ready for the stock show. So just... Just as you're calling, I'm walking out to go and load up some horses to get ready for the parade today. All right. So I, I saw a picture that uh, the missus put on uh, on Facebook of you uh, doing a little, little roping the other night, right? Oh, yeah. yeah Tuesday nights, I've got a, a group of guys to get together with, and so we, we always rope on Tuesday nights. So I go out there and play around a little bit and embarrass myself, but always have a good time. <laughs> so how many years uh, has this been for you uh, with the parade? How many years have I done this? Oh, yeah. goodness. Oh man, we got to be going back. I don't know. It might be the seventh or eighth year, I guess. Maybe maybe ninth year in a row that I've I've done. Although uh, was it last year, the year before we got we got postponed or we got canceled rather because of the weather. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been quite a while. I go and I go and take part in that. So uh, me and me and a uh, group I'm involved with, we go out and, and ride the parade, and, and uh, it's always kind of a fun deal. You know, right down the middle of you know downtown Denver. You know, uh, riding horseback, and it's it's kind of a cool deal. Yeah, take you back to the 1800s a little bit there, right? Riding through uh, downtown Denver back when the the, the dusty uh, down streets of uh, downtown Denver back in the day. Uh, <laughs> so a, a busy day for you because you have uh, the Buffs in Oregon tonight, and uh, we'll have coverage with, with pregame at 6.30 tonight right here on the team of, of you calling the, the Buffs in, in Oregon this evening. As far as Colorado, a, a boy, disappointing loss at Cal. That was a, a rough one last weekend. Can we keep talking about the National Western and not talk about that game last week? If you want to, Mark, I'm I'm just going to turn it over to you today. Whatever you want to talk about, Jim, I tell you what, that that was as disappointing a loss as, as maybe I can recall in in my 19 years of, of doing Buffs basketball. Because you know, here here they they come off a, a impressive win on Thursday night in Palo Alto, 73-70. Will come from behind deal. It was a very competitive game. I think I think Stanford's a pretty darn good basketball team, and you get a win there. And then turn around 48 hours, you've really got a chance to put yourself in a real nice position because you get a sweep of the Bay Area schools, you come home, you've got the Oregons at home, uh, you got a chance to really get some momentum kind of head again because the next week you're in Los Angeles against USC and UCLA, you're feeling real good about things, teams playing well, and go out and lay an egg like that. I mean, you know, Tad gets, you know, I always love Tad Boyle because there, there is no gray area. He doesn't use, uh, you know, wishy-washy language when, after a ball game like that. He comes out. And the first word he says to me is pathetic. And then talked about how that was the worst defensive effort, maybe in the history of Colorado basketball. He says, well, I've only been here for 12 and a half years, but I can certainly speak for 12 and a half years. It really was, was awful. Um, and, and I could tell early on. I mean, the first three or four trips up and down the court, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this doesn't look good. I mean, the Buffs just didn't have it. You can see it. You can feel it. Uh, you know, Cal goes out and hits. They're one of the worst offensive teams not in the league, in the nation. And they hit a couple of early threes, and you're thinking, I don't like the feel of this at all. And then you keep hoping, you know, well, maybe the Colorado will kind of eke something out here, even on a bad night. And, you know, they had a heck of a run there at the end with K.J. Uh, Simpson scoring, what, the last 11 or 13 points, whatever it was, for the Buffaloes, and pulled within three at one point and, and had a chance. But still, yeah, a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. And so big games coming up with Oregon tonight, Oregon State this weekend. When it comes to getting, you know, back on track and, and trying to rekindle some hopes of maybe making the NCAA basketball tournament, it really starts tonight with Oregon. Yeah, there's no doubt. And guess what? Oregon's in the same situation Colorado is. They're sitting at 8-6. and six. Now, they've had some bad losses as well. I mean, they've had some, some losses against a very good team. Lost to number 3 Houston. Uh, lost to number 20 UConn uh, a while back. And so, you know, those losses you can kind of accept at least at least understand, but they've had some bad losses as well. They've dealt with some injury issues, but they've been up and down. 
Uh, you know, former buff Keyshawn Bartholomew is playing for them. He's been injured here as of late, though. Uh, but, yeah, they've had their issues as well. Their offensive numbers are not what you normally expect from from uh, you know in Oregon the Dana Altman team because they're, they're they're not they're pretty pedestrian let's put it that way and so you know this is really kind of a you know I think Tad called it the other day a separation game is these two teams that are generally at the top of the league and fighting for the NCAA and all those kind of things both of them right now are, are kind of muddling along and so yeah this is might be kind of a separation game tonight. See you, voice Mark Johnson with us today on the team Will Richardson for them their leading scorer. Uh, he's also second in the conference in assists, so he is the guy that really uh, gets everything going, both distributing the basketball and scoring for the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, very, very good player. And he's one of those guys that, you know, when, when you're around you know, all these teams like, like I am, you know, year in and year out, he's one of those that seems like he's been there forever, one of those, you know, it seems like he's been there six, seven, eight years. Uh, very good player. And, and you're right. I mean, he's kind of, he and Dante, or, uh, uh, yeah, Dante and Foley, rather, are, are kind of their, their two big guns of UL and Foley inside. Uh, you know, six foot eleven uh, guy, very adept on the paint. Uh, but Will Richardson, a very, I think, one of the more talented, complete players I think in the Pac-12. And so, you know, with a guy like him, I'm guessing from a defense, it'd be nice to have, uh, you know, Jalen Gavin on tonight, who's still out with that knee injury. I mean, he is as good as he is defensively. Um, my guess is Nick Clifford probably starts on him tonight, tries to slow him down a little bit from a size standpoint. I think that's a pretty good matchup for Colorado. But uh, yeah, Will Richardson, you know, an all-conference caliber guy, a guy that we're going to see playing professional basketball. All right, Mark. We're going to cut it short here because I know you're super busy this morning, and we got to you a little bit late. And my apologies for that. But uh, I guess just one one final thing: uh, Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Any any thoughts on on that situation? And and just kind of we've been talking about this, this kind of the kind of overreaction in some ways. While we're all concerned and we want Demar Hamlin to recover, and whether he plays football again or not is irrelevant. We just want him to be healthy. But this now cry from people like Joy Behar on The View and folks like that, oh, no, sh- nobody should ever play football ever again. Well, we know it's a dangerous game. We understand that. But this was kind of a, a freak thing that we've seen happen to Little League kids take a line drive in the chest and their heart stop. This is not – If I don't know why all of a sudden this is the thing that, that's getting people upset about football considering what we know about concussions and about, about head trauma and some of those things, that this is the thing – it's getting some people really riled up about football. Well, there's I've got a number of different thoughts on this. First thing is obviously it's 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 a very sad thing when you see yes. somebody very young just drop like that, and so that that raises many questions. Number two, I, I the first thing I thought it was Hank Gathers. You know, for anybody yeah. that's that's Jim our age, you're gonna remember Hank Gathers. You know, dying in a basketball court uh, back in what March of 1990 uh, when he was playing for Loyola Marymount in, in the West Coast Conference tournament. And so this is not unprecedented. Uh, it's rare. You know, the third thing is to connect this to football. I think is is an enormous stretch, and and really, if we want to just talk about journalists, it's, it's journalistic uh, malpractice because we're jumping on a limb there and making contentions we have no sense about whatsoever. And, and so, you know, we we've seen literally millions and millions and millions of football plays every single year. And nothing like this has happened since, what, 1970, I guess. There was a, uh, when you and I were little boys, there was a uh, Detroit Lions player that died on the, on the field of something similar. Um, and so it's extreme rarity. And, and so that, that, that's, just, that's just nonsensical when people are jumping up to those conclusions and making those kind of assertions out there because there, there's, no, there's no basis for it whatsoever. The reaction to this is, is perplexing to me. I, I'm, I'm amazed by you know, what, what people have been saying. How about the, the critique and the criticism for the league that as they're sitting there that night 
with dealing with something that is exceptionally rare and, and, and most people involved have never seen anything like it, and because they might be considering what do we do here, do we continue the game, you know, and all of a sudden that's somehow heartless, you're yeah. dealing with a situation that is so out of left field, no one even, even conceived it to think about the potentialities of it. And, and, and you're being crazy. I mean, there's got to be a little grace for this. When, when you deal with, with any of us, when we deal with something that's totally out of left field, you know, you've got to give somebody a little grace to say, well, every, it was confusion for everybody. Everybody's trying to figure out what do we do? How do we conduct ourselves? What do we, how do we act? How do we, you know, and, and so I, I think that that's, that's a little unwarranted as well. And I, I think there needs to be some more measured response uh, in, in that regard. So, you know, this is a, a topic matter. The, the, the player circumstance tragic as it is and it certainly is we 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 hope he was able to recover and have some life semblance of normalcy whether that's with football or not but but what the reaction by society has just been obscene in many responses or in many respects i mean I, i've just been shocked by what i've seen and, and how people have conducted themselves and you know everyone's got this righteousness kind of uh, attitude that i know what we should i would have done that yeah you you don't know anything exactly you know, you're, you're a johnny come lately right now you're a monday morning quarterback making these kind of assertions because anybody who's gone through anything traumatic and crazy and strange and all the things that that uh, this situation is yeah, there's confusion, and everyone's trying to figure it out. And obviously, we can go back and start, you know, calling for people's careers and jobs as a result of that. I mean, it, it's just it's just silly, in my, in my view. Yeah, absolutely. And there are people blaming T. Higgins for for what happened. It's like, oh how the hell the hell is it his fault? Hey, hey, you, how about this? How about you know? I can see if the Joy Behar's of the world or people have no knowledge of football whatsoever make those kind of comments. That's one thing. But when Bart Scott, yeah, an NFL player. A couple of days ago, on on with an on ESPN, when he started criticism, I mean, are you kidding me? Two guys are playing a game, and you make a catch and turn and try and gain more yardage, which you're told to do. You've been trained your entire career, and all of a sudden, he's it somehow at fault. I mean, th- this is where we just we we just totally go off the, the the tracks here, and 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 just become almost comical in terms of our responses. And the other thing about it, by the way, it, it shows you that you know everyone's looking for the hot take. Let me come up with a little bit of different uh, take than somebody else so I can get some attention. I think there's some of that going on as well. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. Hey, Mark, enjoy the parade today. Weather going to be okay over there for that? Uh, they're talking about yeah, 30, 38 and sunny, so I think it'll be just fine. You'll be just fine, Mark. Yep. Hey, I appreciate it. Have a great call tonight, my friend. All right, see you, Jim. All right, take care. All right, Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes. Got to go that's, saddle up. That's right. Literally, let's ride. Yeah. In the case of Mark Johnson. Be the best ride downtown Denver scene. Since the cup parade. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah, we, we brought up Joy Behar because she made this comment on, on The View about no, kids should only play golf and soccer, we play golf and tennis, and kids shouldn't play football. And okay. What, no maybe, curling? But no, no curling, apparently. <laughs> it's just too dangerous. At some point, Joy Behar, like, well, golf, I mean, that's too long of a walk. They should play miniature golf. But to speak to what Mark was referencing, and I was going to get to this at some point, but I'm glad Mark brought it up. The Bart Scott. I mean, this guy played in the league. Played linebacker in the league. That he criticized T. Higgins, the Bengals receiver, because he lowers his helmet and kind of throws his body into Hamlin's chest. He's standing up because he's thinking he's got to chase T. Higgins at an angle to make a tackle, so he didn't expect T. Higgins to launch his body back into him. So... So that means T. Higgins intentionally tried to stop his heart? What? What is that? He's made a catch and he's making a football play. He's trying to gain yards. 
So T. Higgins in Bart Scott's world is supposed to process where his body is in relation to the the chest, the heart of Demar Hamlin, and not hit him there. That's a, that's about as stupid as what Joy Behar had to say. Didn't Bart Scott sort of, beat up a photographer once? Believe he did. Okay. Just I, I'm, I'm just I, I just I there. hear that and it's like so it's T. Higgins' fault. How? Oh, man, oh, man. All right, 740. I just, some of the stuff, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get, Mark's right. It's, let's be hot take artists. Let's say something is just so extreme, so, so crazy. But Bart Scott, that just makes, Joy Behar can say crazy crap that she doesn't know anything about football because she doesn't. She doesn't know anything about football. She's a host of a, a daytime talk show. Bart Scott played in the league. He should know better. And you can have a hot take, but when it makes you look like a, a damn fool, when it makes you look stupid, is that hot take really worth it to get to get some buzz? Really? Because it makes you, it, I'm a dumbass. It, it questions your credibility. Because does that not question his credibility as yeah. as a, as a somebody that knows the league and knows football? He was a defensive player. Yes. He's probably in the current landscape of the league. Got fines coming out as you know what for the way he played. Yeah, he was not exactly a guy that played the game cleanly by stretch of the imagination. I I just I read that and it's like, man, you you've lost all any credibility you had with me previously, which wasn't a ton. It's gone now. Because that's a stupid comment to make. 742. All right. Didn't mean for Thursday to be so fired up today. But it just, I don't know. Just some of the, the things I've been reading the last couple of days, it's been building. Yeah. It's been building. Let's get to sound check this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you. To stop what you're doing and listen. Well, the NFL released their Hall of Fame finalists. And the Major League Baseball is also working on their Hall of Fame balloting. Rob Bradford, who's a sports writer, naturally, put out his Hall of Fame ballot with the help of an old friend of his, the actor D.B. Sweeney. Oh, sweet. Yes, who's in uh, Eight Men Out, remember? That's correct. And so DB, who's a little huskier and a little grayer, pulled on the old White Sox shirt, went out to a cornfield, and did a voiceover for Rob Bradford's Hall of Fame ballot. So you got yourself a Hall of Fame. Well, good for you. A lot of the greats in there, and some of the ain'ts. Ray Shock. Here's who Rob Bradford says goes in next, because sports writers always get it right. Todd Helton, baseball team in Colorado. I hear the ball goes further in the mountains. Must be nice. Gary Sheffield, solid player, all-time great. Scott Rowland, good glove man, could hit a little. Probably ride the pine on our 19 Black Sox. Andrew Jones, now here's a guy who could steal some hits in the outfield, but that's about it. Carlos Beltran, good baseball player, all-time great, 
Manny Ramirez, wonderful hitter, one of the best ever, but cheater drugs. Alex Rodriguez, seems to like himself. He's got the best statistics on this list, but cheater drugs again. Billy Wagner, Virginia boy. Now here's a guy I would not want to face. Ornery lefty. I like this pick. There's Rob Bradford's Hall of Famers for you. <laughs> it's pretty well done. But he's like, all time great? Then he shrugs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's cheater drugs from an actor who played a character who was involved in yeah. one of the biggest gambling scandals in baseball history. I loved the irony. It was great. It was great. Good. That was a good pick, man. All right, 745, we'll preview um, Avs Vancouver, Nuggets Clippers. And we didn't get to it because we, well, I went on a big rant. I'll take full responsibility for that. Uh, we'll uh, do a little what's happening coming up as well. But uh, we'll take a break and return with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Welcome back, 748. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So you got uh, the views Joy Behar saying that uh, football's too dangerous for kids to play or really anybody to play. This may be the most airtime the view has ever gotten on this show. <laughs> Probably. To Bart Scott blaming T. Higgins for what happened to Demar Hamlin. Just the outrageous, incredibly stupid things people are saying in light of what happened to, to Demar Hamlin, who continues to improve in, in the, the hospital in Cincinnati, UC Health. A horrible, terrible thing happened to him that sadly has happened to. Little League baseball players who have taken a line drive to the chest and some have died from it. He referenced NHLer Chris Pronger, who his heart was stopped when a puck hit him in the chest. This is not a football-specific thing that happened Monday night. But there are those, like Behar, that think this is something that, well, that's that's the risk you take playing football. Well, then that's the risk you take playing Little League Baseball or or lots of things where hockey, Mm -hmm. where projectiles are coming at you and could potentially stop your heart. And then you have Bart Scott, who's blaming T. Higgins that he, he shouldn't have lowered his helmet and shoulder the way he did. He tried to... It's something you see on every play. Yes. Ridiculous stuff. Okay, right one from Mike in Scottsdale listening on the mobile app today. Good morning, muchachos. Joy Behar is part of the oversaturated news media where she has to say sensational things, or the new media, where she has to say sensational things to stay irrelevant and create buzz. She's just creating TV clickbait with her hot takes. Don't disagree with that at all. All right, 750. Uh, we didn't get to it earlier. We'll jump in. What's happening? Abbreviated what's happening here. Broncos going through their game week work with heavy hearts after the injury to Buffalo safety to Hamlin in Monday night's game in Cincinnati. Hamlin's heart stopped during a tackle on Bengals receiver T. Higgins that led to Hamlin having cardiac arrest. He continues to improve at a Cincinnati hospital. Denver cornerback Demari Mathis was Hamlin's teammate at the University of Pittsburgh. And interim head coach Jerry Rosberg says Mathis shared his stories about Hamlin with his coaches and teammates. 
He told us of your high character and your friendliness, and he told us of your incredible ability to lead people to a loving commitment to others, community service, and raising other people up. That's a remarkable thing. So today, Jamar, we honor you. The Broncos placed guard Dalton Reisner and running back Marlon Mack on injured reserve. Reisner injured his shoulder in the loss at Kansas City, and Mack left that same game in the first quarter with a hamstring injury. The season finale against L.A. Chargers this Sunday on the team with pregame at noon and a 2:25 kickoff. Tonight on the team, University of Colorado men's basketball as they take on Oregon. We'll have pregame at 6.30 for that one tonight. Last night, the CSU Rams were in action, and the Rams, unfortunately, uh, falling at Nevada last night, losing 80-69 to uh, in that game last night with uh, Patrick Cartier leading the way for the Buffaloes or for the uh, Rams last night in that loss. So uh, CSU taking the loss last night at uh, Nevada, 80-69. to As far as uh, other stories this morning, uh, we did mention this yesterday. We talked with Delta coach Kyle Crowder. Sadly, unfortunately, uh, the head coach of the Alamosa girls basketball team has passed away. And um, his, uh, we mentioned that... Uh, Yesterday, that uh, he's also their athletic director at Alamosa, Eric Melgoza, fell on New Year's Eve, uh, actually New Year's, I believe New Year's Day, excuse me, fell at his home and sustained a, uh, a head injury. He was airlifted to Denver and died in Denver after a traumatic head injury on New Year's Day. So uh, right now, we're not sure what's going to happen with Delta playing at Alamosa. We will have, though, Delta against Centauri on Friday night over on the Monkey which is 97.1 here in the Valley, or uh, excuse me, 97.1 in Delta, 95.7 here in the Valley. So we'll have uh, Delta, both boys and girls, at Centauri at the pregame at 515 with Mark Cantor, and we will not have the game Saturday because we don't know exactly what's going to happen in regard to whether Alamos will play or not after the death of their girls' basketball coach and athletic director. Uh, former Dallas Cowboy and former Denver Bronco pass rusher DeMarcus Wears a step closer to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where he's one of 15 modern-day finalists for this year's Hall of Fame class, where he spent his first nine seasons in Dallas before playing his final three seasons in Denver, where he's part of the Super Bowl 50 championship team, where is ninth all-time in Saxon League history. Other notable names that are finalists include former Indianapolis wide receiver Reggie Wayne, former Minnesota defensive end Jared Allen, and former Cleveland offensive tackle Joe Thomas. The final vote is set for February 9th. And uh, tonight we have the Nuggets taking on um, the L.A. Clippers tonight. And the Nuggets have won seven of their last nine games, highlighted by a win over Boston. And then at the lowlights, a really bad fourth quarter against Minnesota and a loss on Monday. We had Chris Dempsey from Altitude with us. And he says that against Minnesota, blame the poor defense on just being a tired basketball team. Against the Timberwolves, that was the last game of five games in seven days. You know, he says, look, we are one of the best fourth quarter defensive teams in the NBA, and we just didn't have it. And here's how I heard that. I heard that as in the seventh day, final quarter of five games in seven days, your team was too tired to play defense in the fourth quarter. Nuggets take on the Clippers tonight at Ball Arena at 8 o'clock. Avalanche, they've been struggling, sitting fourth in the Central Division with 41 points. That number would keep the Avs out of the postseason if the Stanley Cup playoffs started today. Fortunately, we're just a few days into January. While none of that is good news, the good news is there's still 45 games left in the season. Radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGay, he says the Avs' struggles come down almost solely to their crowded injury list. I mean, we've been spoiled with one of the best hockey teams in modern history. These are just not things that we're used to. They happen to everybody. The uh, inconsistency in lineups is always the number one factor. 
Avalanche play at Vancouver tonight. And once again, a reminder, we'll have CU basketball against Oregon tonight. Pre-game at 6.30 on the Team Sports Network. And that's a quick look. You're very late in the hour at... What's happening? All right, coming up next hour, our Broncos report with Mike Rice.